Good afternoon, everyone. Um, actually, today it's my pleasure to be here between all of you. Um, my name is Guy Thondrawis, and I'm a postdoctoral fellow at Kessler Foundation with affiliation uh, with Children's Specialized Hospital. And uh, today I would like to give you a brief overview about uh, a topic that's been exciting uh, for myself throughout the fellowship time. Um, wearable robotics and pediatric rehabilitation research, specifically the FES uh, orthotic intervention. So to start with that, I would like to provide you with an overview about what the problem is that we're trying to uh, uh, provide solutions for, as well as to provide you with an overview of what is going on with the population that we're dealing with. So hemiplegia is, hemiplegia at lower extremity is one of the most disabling impairment that is being uh, seen in uh, individuals after brain injury. That includes patients after stroke, uh, TBI, as well as cerebral palsy. About 7 million survivors are actually unable to independently ambulate in the community for more than six months post-injury. Now, with this, this is a, this is a major complication that, we need, that needs to be looked at, and we need to always try to come up with a new solutions for and state-of-the-art solutions for this problem. Um, now, the problem that we're trying to look at here is the foot drop. Foot drop is considered as another mobility impairment that goes along with hemiplegia as a secondary uh, impairment to brain injury. And the way how we can describe foot drop is actually the inability to be able to dorsiflex uh, foot during gait and ambulation. Basically, the inability to lift the foot up as we uh, accomplish gait padding. What this does, this presents a number of complications during gait. The first is decreased uh, gait velocity, shorter step length, additional complications being presented on stability, balance, as well as weight transfer. This, with all these complications, what's going to happen is this whole thing is going to decrease the efficiency of gait and ambulation. And, and therefore, this will impact the quality of life of individuals who, who are experiencing this impairment complica complication. Therefore, one of the most commonly prescribed intervention is what, what's called the AFO, which is the best way or the easiest way to describe it, is an orthotic device that mechanically limits the range of motion at the ankle joint to prevent the foot drop in a way that it clears the foot as a person or as the affected person is ampulating and uh, accomplishing gait uh, patterns. What I would like to uh, touch base on today is what's called the foot drop stimulator. This is a much newer strategy that's being utilized for rehabilitation and orthotic inter interventions. Uh, the way how the foot drop stimulator works is that it uses electrical stimulation in a way that it provides a stimulation at a correct time to allow for foot lift during gait. With that, what that's going to happen is we are providing a really strong and uh, effective uh, stimulation. And the way to provide a strong and effective stimulation is by providing, by providing strong, uh, and, uh, or strong enough stimulation while it's safe as well as comfortable for patients 
who or users who are using the device. So the idea is not only to use a device and ignore the rest of the equation, but to always look at the how the strength of the stimulation as well as is it safe, as well as uh, how comfortable patients are while using this such device. So simply the device, as we're seeing from this video, what it does, or what promotes to do is improve walking ability, increase range, increase range of motion uh, about the ankle joint, and reduce atrophy. The device is initiated by a smart sensor, a tilt sensor, or an accelerometer gyroscope sensor, which is built in within the device. It's a very tiny device, a small device that goes on the shank segment of the body. And what it does, it senses the exact angle at which the shank is presenting during the gait cycle. And at exactly a predefined uh, angle, it fires up and it targets uh, the perineal nerve, basically. It's safe, obviously. It's a battery-powered uh, uh, stimulator, so it doesn't uh, present any additional complication to the user. So the purpose of this study is to objectively evaluate the functional and the physiological changes over time for patients um, who are using this uh, foot drop stimulator. Outcome measure included in this uh, study, um, and I will talk about, is including EMG as well as temporal spatial parameters. So <clears throat> this is a fun part. This is a, a video that we have actually in our gate lab, you know, very close from where we're sitting here. And the idea is to include these participants in an actively and a daily living task which is walking. So participants, we had 15 participants or 15 children uh, who are enrolled in the study, of whom six are with no disability and nine with disability. Uh, for the purposes of today's presentation, I'm presenting data belong to uh, nine children with disability, two male and one female, two are right-sided uh, hemiplegic, and age ranges between uh, 10 and 17 year old. Uh, weight average is about 47 kilograms. Height is about 1.5 meters. And the task was to, or participants were asked to walk at a self-selected speed, as what we're seeing here in the gate lab, while we have a bunch or several cameras which is, uh, which is aiming toward the uh, subject. So the idea is this gate lab is fully equipped with state-of-the-art motion analysis or motion capture system, as well as uh, wireless EMG, and the idea is not only to look at the kinematics or not only to look at one, uh, one bio, bio, biological or biomedical uh, aspect of uh, data collection, but to always include a full picture of what is going on during ambulation. So subjects were asked to ambulate at self-selected speed at, uh, in this kind of setting, which is a gate lab. Uh, they were equipped with uh, um, infrared markers, similar to what we see on this plot. And each one of these markers would provide us with an XYZ information about their location. Now, if you see all these segments, the body segment is, uh, once we get the data, XYZ off of every marker here, what we do is we take this information, we plug it in through a predefined model within the um, software of the motion, and, uh, motion capture system. We're able to make a model of the participant similar to what we see on this side of the, uh, of the figure. With that info, we're capable of providing kinematics as well as additional information off of this um, data. 
Now, what we're seeing here is a representation of um, a walk a trial during, um, during data collection session. What we have here is basically the participant fully equipped with markers as well as EMG sensors. And believe it or not, those kids were fully equipped with a lot of sensors, a lot of markers. And for those who have actually seen those sessions, they had many markers as well as EMG, EMG electrodes. And what we're seeing here to this side, we have the EMG um, data off of the affected side as well as the unaffected side. And here there is a representation of the kinematics model. Now what we're looking at here is, um, and I would like to report and talk about, is the gate speed parameter taken from the uh, temporal spatial uh, data. What we're seeing here is that there was a slight increase in gate speed after one month of utilization of the foot drop stimulator. What we're looking at here is this blue bar represents the average gate speed at baseline. This red bar represents the average gate speed after one month of utilization of the device. We can see there is a, uh, an increase after one month of utilization. Not only that, but if we take a deeper look at the step length and the step width, what we can see is that there is an increase after one month of uh, a foot drop stimulator uh, compared to baseline, while there was actually variable uh, changes on the step width. So one participant step width has decreased, another have decreased, but another has increased. And this could be justified by a number of things. Height, weight, and the style of walking per participant. The other temporal parameter that I would like to uh, present here is the total gate, gate cycle time. We have seen there is, a, there is an, a decrease in the total gate cycle time. This is supported by the decrease seen in the stance time as well as the swing time during the gate cycle. <clears throat> Not only that, but this slide is actually extremely interesting in a way that if we look at the stance percentage as well as the swing percentage, what we can see is that depending on what stage the participant was at during baseline, a number of changes happened for the stance as well as the swing uh, percentage. This particular, traditionally or normally, for someone with no disability, we would see a stance percent of about 62% and a swing percent of about 38%. What we're seeing here, this participant was at this level increased a little bit, which is still within the healthy range of stance phase. If we take this participant for an instance, their baseline stance percentage was much lower than what it should be for someone with no disability. And therefore, after one month of utilization of the foot drop stimulator, it has increased. So if we look at it, if there is a bar here or there is a threshold for the sweet spot where the, the stance percentage should be at, it's basically, it's basically depending on what stage the participant is at, it's going toward that threshold. Similarly, we see that on the swing uh, percent as well. Now, we didn't stop at that point, but we also we wanted to fully understand what goes on in terms of not only the temporal spatial parameters, but we would like to also look at what goes on in terms of muscle activation as well as the sequencing of uh, firing and recruitments of muscles. And therefore, that's why we looked at the TA or the uh, integrated EMG of the tibialis anterior muscle. And this plot represents the 
the EMG uh, plot at baseline represented by the blue as well as after one month of uh, utilization for the stimulator. What we can see here is that there is a shift in the EMG activation and as well as the shift which is represented visually here by these two bars where it says on and off. So we can see there is a slight shift here at the end of uh, or in the middle of TDS phase as well as in the swing phase. Now, to just summarize things and to provide you with a take-home message, what I would like to mention is that uh, this stimulator provides a dynamic therapeutic intervention. We presented, I presented data that compared baseline to one month, and this intervention utilizes the electrical stimulation at correct timing. And this is extremely important. Correct timing is, very, is a crucial point for this therapeutic intervention. So if we think about it, when we, imp when we employ such a device, an electrical stimulation device on population with a disability, what's going to happen is it's going to impact the overall functional uh, 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 ability of the participant, right? That, when it's with its part, is going to improve the quality of life. This is being supported by the improved gate speed which in case is seen by the changes that we see on the temporal spatial parameters, such as a decrease in time um, of a stance as well as uh, swing phases, as well as the increase in the step length. Okay, so <clears throat> the other part that we would like to also look at is to better understand the mechanism about what goes on in terms of EMG firing alongside with temporal spatial parameter. And this is what was presented. And let's think about it, you know, aside from science. If you think about it, you're providing a kid with a much faster, you know, a much faster gait after one month of uh, uh, utilization of the, uh, of the stimulator. What happens is if you have a much faster kid to ambulate and be engaged in the community, you're not only improving their functional activities, but also you're improving their quality of life. You're enabling their chances to to be part of the action with their colleagues as well as friends, to, be, uh, to enjoy their time and be, be improved psychologically, not only functionally. Some of the limitations presented here that we have a small sample size, uh, variation in diagnosis. So we have stroke, we have CP, we have TBI uh, participants. Uh, also, the consistency of ambulation for kids. Kids are kids. One of the limitations that we actually faced during the study that we wanted to make sure that the study and the data collection sessions are fully engaging to participants. We, don't, we didn't want to make it very boring to them, and we did our best to make it as entertaining uh, to kids as possible. This is just a list of publications that were done throughout the fellowship. I would like to uh, thank all um, uh, co-investigators, and I would like to provide a really special thanks to my amazing mentor, Dr. Nolan, as well as co-investigator, Dr. Cheng, Bentley, uh, Pilkar, Barry, uh, Paul Kyle. I would like to send also thanks to uh, study coordinator, Kate, as well as Naftali, Greg, the engineers, Kate, Adam, and Christina, and all my colleagues, postdoctoral fellows. Thank you very much for listening.